Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. We don't have any sunshine today. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. But the rain is not going to go away. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. It's 59 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 56 at the Highlands, 50 in Elm Grove, 56 here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. As Darnell just told you, we're looking for uh, some showers, maybe thunderstorms throughout the day, into the evening in particular, and uh, running over into tomorrow morning. Daytime high the next couple of days will be in the 60s. 909 on the Watchdog Morning Show. You know, I have not done my usual in-depth coverage of the legislature. We have in years gone by broadcasts from uh, Charleston. Uh, we certainly have covered things on an almost daily basis. I haven't done that as much this year. I think maybe because I'm so frustrated by what's happening down there that I just get angry when I start covering it and talking about it. But I want to spend some more time the next couple of days as we come down to the waning days to talk about that. And uh, nobody can help me better do that than Ohio County Delegate Sean Fluberty. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Howard. How are you doing? Is this perhaps the single worst productive session you've ever seen? It is for me. I would say it's the least productive, no heavy lifting. It's mostly been nothing but culture war bills. And I think a lot of people agree with us on that. You know, there's just nothing. I can't think of anything or much good that got done. And it's just been all of this culture war stuff, you know, cutting vaccines, banning books in libraries or making librarians uh, criminally liable for things. I mean, all of that stuff is just uh, cutting unemployment benefits. How? Before we get to some stuff I want to talk to you specifically about, just had Josh Schwartz on a minute or two ago, how in the world does any legislator down, down there think, in light of where we are in West Virginia, in light of having seen layoffs just in the last couple of weeks in the 1,000-plus range, how does any legislature think that, that cutting unemployment benefits is the smart thing to do? In light of the fact our state was born out of the working class fighting for their rights and continue to fight for their rights. I mean, it just shows where our priorities are at at this point. Uh, we're not moving forward in any direct, in any sense of the word at this point, whether it's moving forward and protecting workers' rights or whether it's moving forward protecting children with child care advocacy, which we talked about early in session was going to be a top priority and hasn't happened yet. You know, these are things we should be prioritizing, but yet, like you said, Howard, uh, we're passing bills banning books like we're a third world country. One of the things that you and I talked about, uh, I think actually previewing the session before it even got started, uh, and actually there was a one of the national uh, news shows did a piece about this as well. It was something called Rayleigh's Law that you were very big on, you were pushing very hard. The basic story is um, young girl, Rayleigh, was in school, taken out of school by her parents to be uh, homeschooled essentially. Uh, and, of course, her father, I believe it was, was a child abuser or an accused child abuser. And in the end, she was killed. Yeah. She died. Uh, so the idea was to try to prevent child abusers from having or even accused child abusers from having the right to take their kids out of school and keep them at home. You you felt pretty good about that bill getting passed. But, but I, am I wrong? Did it not die in a committee? 
here's here's the current situation, Howard. I presented an amendment on the House floor last week, which was Rayleigh's Law. Now, it was a very narrowly tailored version of Rayleigh's Law, which says if there is a pending CPS report that was made from a school teacher or school personnel, then during the authorization phase to authorize a child to be taken out of public school to be homeschooled, if that report is, if that CPS report is pending, then it puts a stop to the transfer until it's substantiated or resolved. And now we even narrowly tailored it and said it needs to be substantiated or resolved within 14 days. So it goes to the exact fact pattern that surrounds what happened to Rayleigh Browning. You know, her gym teacher made a CPS report about possible abuse. Her father took her out of school. They rubber-stamped the authorization for him to do so while there was a pending CPS report. Weeks go by, months go by, the abuse continues. She was starved to death. She was chained to a toilet. She ended up getting sepsis and dying because she was drinking toilet water. Three individuals in that home were the homeschoolers. They have since been at trial, convicted, and sentenced where they belong in prison. But what angers me, Howard, is during that time when Rayleigh's teacher came to me and said she needed somebody to fight for and said I was the guy to do it. It didn't happen in Ohio County. It didn't happen in Northern Panhandle. It's not my constituents, but I'm going to fight for all of West Virginia. So I introduced Rayleigh's Law. And it has made national news. It's been on John Oliver. It's been on Vice Documentary. But yet it hasn't made the agenda an education committee. So, Howard, I'm taking the fight to the House floor. And we're going to have that fight again today. And I want everybody to see it, watch it, learn it, know what's going on, because you need to know what's going on in Charleston. The argument that is sort of made against it is, well, it's only an accusation. You can't be refusing a parent access to their child for homeschooling when it's only an accusation. But if you look at the facts of the Rayleigh Browning case, you see why you got to be careful of accusations. They could end up becoming a reality. you got to protect the kids. And these aren't any just mere accusations. These are only accusations that are brought from school personnel, right. a school teacher, a gym teacher, somebody in the school. So it's not like you have a disgruntled ex that's, that's claiming yeah. these things and it's, it's halting the process. If that happens under Rayleigh's law, it still moves forward. Right. Well, this is only for that narrowly tailored situation where a school teacher, they're mandatory reporters. They're not going to put their license and life on the line to make things up. OK, that's not going to happen. So this is for mandatory reporters and of those mandatory reporters, only school teachers and school personnel. So it's been narrowly tailored. I addressed the concerns that the homeschool lobby had previously. I listened to them and said, OK, I understand you're passionate about this. And so let's let's narrowly tailor it. I mean, this is a bipartisan amendment now. I have Republicans who are also on the on the amendment. So. You know, we're at the best position we've ever been to try to get across the finish line. You're trying to bypass the committee structure and go straight to the House floor today. Do you feel confident in that? Well, here's what happened, Howard. I had the votes last week. I had the votes. I gave. I got up and, and you know, um, I closed on the amendment. I brought up the facts. And during our debate on the amendment, um, another delegate, Brandon Steele, friend of mine, but, you know, we oppose each other on certain things. He's also a homeschool parent, and he had some concerns. So I listened. We revised the amendment to include separate language, but that was last week. And you know how things happen in Charleston. Yeah. As, as, as an amendment sits, the opposition comes out, and they start saying things that are misrepresentations of what the amendment actually does. So I have a worry, Howard, that last week, because I try to work in a bipartisan manner and listen to those, this delay now, because they delayed the bill for several days. And that delay 
could be to whip up votes against it. I don't know. We'll find out today. But look, the language is revised. It's bipartisan. That's how things should work. It's how government should work. And that's how I believe it should work. And that's what I'm trying to do. Other than the objection that I mentioned, some folks have had that, you know, well, you can't, you know, it's only an accusation. So you got to be careful. Other than that, what is the objection? I mean, this is a protecting children law. I, I don't know why anybody would not want to protect children. It's a real head scratcher, Howard. You know that's that's why it's made the John Oliver show and Vice News because I didn't think protecting children was really something that's partisan or political at all, right? You know, children do not have lobbyists. They're not sending us emails. We have a duty and obligation as elected officials to to be what I would call a voice for the voiceless, to to reach out to those who aren't going to be here taking politicians to dinner, right? This is about protecting kids. And it's not something that should require lobbying, should require a lot of heavy lifting. These are things that should be priorities out of our nature as human beings on one end, but also as servants of the public. The House has passed a bill that um, I think is a danger to children, and I think I think you do too, and I think you voted against it. I'm talking about the armed teachers in the classroom bill. Uh, again, if, if, if you're concerned about, I get the argument. Well, we want to. Put, everybody thinks if we put John Wayne in the classroom, all will be well. Truth of the matter is, statistics show that generally creates more problems than and more potential danger to kids than than others. And yet, that bill has passed the House already. I guess it's still pending in the Senate. Yes, uh, kindergarten carry is yeah. what uh, I've dubbed it. And look, uh, I listen to experts, Howard. Uh, I don't play, I don't claim to be an expert in many fields, and that's why you should have an open ear when you're when you're an elected official. And there are no experts that said we need this. There was no school administrator that said we need this. And what it does, it takes away local control. So. You know, Ohio County, the Northern Panhandle, the school administrators can't say, you know what, we're not going to opt into this. We already have resource officers, and we don't believe we need more guns in grade schools. But that's gone. There's no opt out. It's mandatory. It's big government from Charleston saying this needs to happen. The training is only a 24-hour class. It's not like you're bringing in retired police officers, which I support. That's perfectly fine. You're, you're saying that the individual just gets a concealed carry permit, and that's enough for them to be in school with guns. And there's no parental notification. So we, we tell parents all the time, you have a right to know the curriculum and what's going on in the schools, and that's perfectly fine. But now we're, now we're going to tell them we're not going to tell you who has guns in schools? Like, there's no notification process. As a student, I would want to know. Sure. Howard, could you imagine having me in class? I probably wasn't the most well-behaved kid back in the day. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'd be I, a little leery of running my mouth as a student if I saw, if I saw a teacher on the other side of the desk got a gun on him. <laughs> do you feel lucky, punk, do you, Bob? Uh, I want to ask Sean this. Uh, if this goes through and there are untrained teachers packing heat, how in the world don't the insurance rates just skyrocket? Bingo. You are spot on. I asked about that in committee, in the Judiciary Committee. Brim, because Brim, you know, the policy side for insurance rates for public schools, it's going to go through the roof. So I asked why there's no fiscal note on this, because it's going to be very, very expensive. The original bill was permissive, so we didn't know how many school districts would be part of this. The current bill is mandatory. So we have 57 total districts. We have 55 uh, for every county, and then we have two separate school districts for um, the, the school of the deaf and blind. So we have 57 total school districts that will now be mandatory as part of this. You are absolutely spot on. This is going to be a very, very expensive bill for the state of West Virginia. And, and statistics, I think, have shown that simply adding more guns to a situation only makes the situation worse. If there is, God forbid, an active shooter in your school, 
the last thing you want are uh, are John Waynes running around flapping their uh, their pistols, you know. I mean, and yet that's what we're going to end up with. Uh, it's 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 frightening to me. But Sean, and I don't, I I don't think you're anti-gun, but there are a lot of people no. in this legislature. I'm constitutional carry. Yeah, there's a lot you know? of people in this legislature this session that have been, or the last couple sessions actually. That have been just uh, dead on about getting more guns in schools. You have the uh, uh, the college carry requirement. Yeah, law. campus carry. Campus carry. Thank you. Um, yeah. You know now, and that goes into effect. I think just this week or next couple of weeks, uh, the campuses are going to have that's to start. Expensive. It's expensive. Yeah, uh, WVU was talking about how they're going to have to prepare to deal with that and the cost of all that. Sure, we didn't fund the schools. We told them you have to go do this. And we didn't give them a dollar to implement it. So West Virginia University, West Liberty University, these universities are putting these in place. They're taking out of their own pocket. We didn't even fund it. It was an unfunded mandate from the state to say, go do this. And at the end of the day, no school administrator, no professor, no, you know, those of you came out against it. West Liberty didn't support it. All these schools didn't support. Well, more so, importantly, like more importantly, they, they lobbied against it. They did not just not right. support it. They lobbied against it and said this is this is bad yeah. for us. But, but it goes in it goes in into effect. Um, you, I, I think somewhat with tongue in cheek, maybe I'm wrong. You had suggested that all right, if we're going to have these armed teachers, let's give them at least a bonus, right? Well, I mean, if you're, you get you get your wages if you work, Howard. That's how it works. I mean, clearly the, the the law says that this is outside of your regular job. So if you're a teacher, you're still required to do all your teaching abilities and at the same time work as a resource officer i mean you should be paid for it that's, that's just how things work in this world except for the legislature <laughs> sean crossover day coming up tomorrow um are there are there things you're watching Rayleigh's law we talked about but are there some other things that you're watching to see if they make it through crossover day um you know we've had very little child care bills come through and i haven't seen anything ready for crossover and, you know, it's really something that we talked about early in session that hasn't occurred. I don't know why it's not a priority. I mean, I think that's something that needs to happen in the next 24 hours, but we'll see how that plays out. Howard, I hate to leave you, yeah, but I know I you have a run. rules committee right now. So I have to run, and let's talk again soon, okay? All right, stir things up, pal. Appreciate it. Thanks Appreciate a lot. You, Howard. Take care. Thanks. 922 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Um, yeah, crossover day tomorrow, and that's it's a critical day. I know that sounds so geeky, you know, crossover day. That's like a that's a hoppy Kerchival thing that he thinks about in bed at night, you know, crossover day. But it it makes a big deal. Anything that's not passed by one house or the other, by the house or by the Senate, uh, by the end of the day today, I guess by tomorrow technically, uh, then cannot go. It has to cross. It has to be passed fully by one house. Then the other house can take it up. They can adopt it. They can amend it. They can send it back. They can revise it. But if it isn't passed by one or the other, it doesn't make it. And we talked at the very beginning of this session with a number of people. I think we started with Ryan Weld and then with Sean and with this, uh, with this, with our, uh, our commentators, Stephen and Mark and Brad and so on. Everybody said, the governor said in the State of the State speech, child care, was, this is going to be the child care session. Not a single child care, child care bill is pending. Just we were going to make it the big child care session. Nothing got done. But by golly, don't worry about those transgender people. We'll get that problem taken care of. That's you don't care if I start bringing a gun in here in the mornings, do you? Of all people, I want you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good example. That's a good. That's a great point. I mean, do we want? I mean, I've had, as you well know, I, I, I've had employees who. 
after the fact said, oh, yeah, I pack heat all the time. You do what? At my radio station, you do what? I could say back then, no, you can't. Schools can't. That's the second part of this law that they passed, that went, that passed the House, not yet through the Senate. Uh, uh, teachers who choose to conceal carry can say, I want to conceal carry. They have to do a 24-hour training session, and then they can pack heat. That's one part of the bill, and that is a terrible part. The second part is the school system can't say no. School systems can't say, well, no, we, we don't want you, and they can't say no to an individual. I'm, I don't mean to pick on you. They can't say, Slider's got a temper. We, we don't want someone like that packing heat in the classroom. And I wonder if they're going to have to start taking a closer look at all those things, Howard, because is this next? The high school student who turns 18. Uh, just naturally, are they going to be able to petition for their right to Isn't, carry that a, is a, a firearm? That's a great point. In terms of what we've been seeing happening, yeah, okay. Mr. Smith can carry a gun. He can pack heat. Uh, I'm, I have a concealed, I'm, I'm a student. I have a concealed carry permit now. So can I pack heat? I, I think I could have made the case that uh, most of those teachers uh, packing a gun hate my gut. So I, I, I need one to even things up a little bit. My, yes. I mean, it's just, Bob, you're, you are a strong advocate of guns. I mean, you, you're, I you're a hunter. You firmly believe in it. And, and yet even you know. But wait, it, we're out of control. In certain, you know, the more guns you put into a certain situation, the worse it becomes. And, and you heard what Sean said about the insurance. That's before someone gets accidentally shot. Yeah, wait until the first accidental shooting occurs. Yeah, the, the rates, the moment that they allow concealed carry in the school system, it'll probably be a school-by-school school basis. Mr. Smith and Mr. Jones and Mrs. Sally at William Park High School now have applied for their a right to do this. Now you get three, I'm picking, you know, now, now you get three students, three teachers at Woodsdale High School. Or Woodsdale Junior High, um, they're carrying heat. Now that school is going to see its insurance rates go up because because of that. And then the first time somebody shoots themselves in the foot, or worse, they're going to go up even more. And, and there's going to be more that shakes out. What about the the, the far left political family or the 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 religious family? that just says, look, we're not going to take this lying down. Our children go to public school. We are not sending our kid in a classroom where the teacher is armed. I think they have a case. Well, I, I, listen, I hope it doesn't come to it. I, I would have a tough time sending my kid to a school where I know that Well, you knew that teacher, that English teacher, math teacher, whatever, has a loaded gun on them. Absolutely. I'd, I'd be kind of skittish super, about that. Superintendent, I think it was a superintendent or else a school board member of Mercer County Schools was on with Hoppy yesterday. And he said, I hate, he said this, he said, look, I hate to say this, but I have some teachers who work for me. I wouldn't trust them. So if we're going to do it, I, sh I should have the ability to say, yeah, no, I don't know. You you don't have the stability to be carrying that gun, but but and, you can't. You, they can't do that. And yet. it would be an expense. But if you, if you really believe that guns need to be in in the school, and I might not argue with that, they have to be pl uh, trained police officers. Put three or four of them in there if you're so concerned about that. If you yeah, trained law Just enforcement, pay them, pay trained them. law enforcement officers, retired veterans who have. Continue to keep up their their firearms training, 
I'm I'm in for that. One of the things that um, somebody made a point on, I think it was on Hoppy Show this week on this same subject, is that the the John Wayne syndrome, even even, um, longtime veteran military officers will talk about how long it took them to understand how to control themselves in a active shooting type situation. The idea that 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 John Smith, uh, who's well-meaning, let's just let's let's take it out of the realm of being a somebody who's hothead. He's a well-meaning guy, and he wants to protect the kids, and he's taken the twenty-four hour course, and he's now he's got his pistol in his pocket. Um, when push comes to shove, if the worst situation happens, if the active shooter is running through the school system. The, the new John Wayne is not going to be able to respond appropriately. That's asking too much. You don't know that trained officers freeze up or go the other way. See what happened down in Texas. And Howard, if this goes coast to coast nationwide, this is going to happen. There will be a deranged teacher that will take advantage of that opportunity and will use it against them. It will be an opportunity for them to go nuts and kill as many people as they want. The hypocrisy of this, and the last thing I'll say before we take a break, the hypocrisy of this in the West Virginia legislature, this very session and the last couple sessions, they have been saying that they don't trust teachers to keep pornography away from the kids. Teachers don't, we, we don't trust the teachers to do that. We can't put trust in the teachers to properly teach our kids. Why, you know, they're going to probably want to groom them up to make them to be transgender kids. We don't trust, that's, that's what the thrust of so many of these bills are. And on the other hand, but you know what, we'll trust them to carry a gun into the classroom. Uh, a couple of them. Take, bring an extra one with you. Yeah. Jeez. Let's, uh, let's take a news break. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm going to take a deep breath here. 9.30 on the Watchdog Morning Show. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Tither Long with your 7 News headlines on this February the 27th. Beaumont County officials confirmed that a one-year-old girl is still alive after ingesting opioids. The incident occurred late last week, reportedly in the Shadyside area. Officials say the investigative report from the Belmont County Sheriff's Department is being forwarded to the county prosecutor for charges. Belmont County Children's Services is also involved in the case. Stay with 7 News for further developments in the case. And a man from Jefferson County is in hot water over some serious fraud charges in Hancock County. He allegedly didn't pay a bill and left a local volunteer fire department with an $18,000 debt to a rental company. The man, William Bailey, owns Movin' and Groovin' Productions, which the Chester Volunteer Fire Department used for their 2023 fall bash. They say they paid Bailey in full. But then in November 2023, they got a call from All Occasions Party Rental about an unpaid $18,000 invoice. Bailey allegedly posed as a fire department member, outsourced supplies, and then skipped out on the second part of the bill. Bailey is charged with one felony count of obtaining money under false pretenses. He was taken from the Jefferson County Jail to the Northern Regional Jail, where he posted his $10,000 bond. This is a developing story. Stay with 7 News for updates. 7 News is your local election headquarters. The Ohio primary is just around the corner. The folks at the Belmont County Election Board have been sharing how to apply for an absentee or vote-by-mail ballot. 
It's pretty simple. You just give them a call and ask for an application. They'll find your details in the voter registration files and send it to your registered address. Then you fill it out and mail it back. It's just basic stuff like your name, address, and birthday. And don't forget to tick the box for the primary election on March 19th. Voters can request a ballot in person at the election board. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The Law Office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The courtroom. With a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation. 304-232-5300. It's happening now. Folks across the Midwest are rushing to save big money at Menards and get 11% off everything. Hmm, now that I think about it, my recording studio does need a bit of an upgrade. I better hurry up and finish this read. Hurry in to get started on those big projects and save big money with 11% off everything at Menards. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Honey, I'm heading out to Menards. Save big money at Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Thirty-four, twenty-six to the hour here. Watchdog Morning Show, 59 at the airport, 56 at the Highlands, 50 in Elm Grove, and 58? Yes. 58 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Frio Stack Auction Service text line, 304-214-1600. If you can't trust them to carry a gun, why the hell are they teachers? Really? What the hell does that? I mean, you got to be kidding me. That is crazy. I mean, did they teach them at the university when they get that teaching degree how to, uh, you know, load your gun, unload is, your gun? I thought this they were going to this when I began. I thought this, this person was going to agree with me. If you can't teach them to properly put the right books in the library, or if you can't teach, the, if you can't trust them to teach history correctly then how can you trust them with guns? No. The, the texter says, if you can't trust them to carry a gun, why in the hell are they a teacher in the first place? They're not fit to teach. They're not fit to teach. By God, if you can't carry a gun, if you can't shoot a gun. Easy, Howard. Easy. I can see your blood. I can see it from here, Howard. This is the stuff that just drives me crazy. What does being a teacher 
have to do with carrying a gun. You'll never teach in this state again. <laughs> yes, sir. And let's check your credentials here. Ah, you've got a PhD. You don't. You've what got do you a mean, PhD in history, and mm-hmm, you went through several colleges, and you've, you've got a great degree, and you have excellent references. Now, just one more question: um, When was the last time you were on the shooting course? No, you don't shoot. Well, what what gun do you carry with you? You don't carry a gun. I'm sorry, sir. You can't be a teacher. Seriously? Kill, kill, kill. <laughs> golly, 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 golly. <sighs> All right. Uh, 9.36, 24 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I don't think there are any guns this time around in the Frio Stack auction, are there? I, think I don't know. You have to check. I mean, Howard, that'd be like a big-time art gallery, you know, with the Mona Lisa and all these million, multiple million-dollar uh, art pieces in there. And you arm the artist. Say, here, here, you don't mind carrying his gun while people come in there and look around, do you? We can't put your painting in here unless you're uh, <laughs> You have to carry a gun. Unless you carry a gun. Oh, my Lord. Frio Stack, auction service, text line 304-214-1600. Um, if you think this teacher could go off and shoot someone, why are they a teacher in the first place? Well, they sl- slip through the cracks. Well, I mean, come on. And because... I, I I am concerned about teachers that go off the deep end. I am. That's one issue here. Also, because things can just go wrong if you're not someone who understands what you're doing in an in an active shooter situation. You know, there's a. Hey, I don't shoot. I'm not a gun guy. I think you will concur with me, Bob. There is a difference between going hunting and shooting someone. Right. I mean. You may be able to go out and shoot the deer, but it's a whole different story. I mean, at least everybody tells me this, including military veterans and law enforcement. It is a tremendously different experience when you just, just start finding yourself looking at pointing your gun at somebody else. They fired everybody down in Texas because these were trained veteran police officers that that didn't want to go in there. There was an active shooter and they hesitated. They did not want to go in and uh, face him. Just crazy. I mean, I'm sorry, whoever texted me. This is just crazy. Uh, you're, I love your analogy, Bob. You're right. Do, do we say to the artist, well, you, I'm sorry, Van Gogh. <laughs> He's not crazy. Where's his other ear, Howard? Uh, yeah, well, that's true. He cut his own ear off. Oh, maybe he wouldn't want to give Van Gogh. Yeah, that's not, maybe that's not the best example. All right, let's go with a di- Hey, Vince, nah, <laughs> give that gun back. Let's go to Rembrandt. You know, hey, Rembrandt, you can't, uh, you can't, uh, you can't, you can't, I'm sorry. You got some really good pictures here, and uh, people like to see them, but uh, we can't show them because you can't shoot. The, the philosophy here is that being a man means carrying a gun. Why, well, if you if you're not carrying a gun, you're not a real man. You can't be a teacher if you can't carry. It's crazy. Be careful, Howard, because there's a lot of ladies out there listening right now. They're carrying too. I do. I yeah. Well, that's why I paused trying to think of the right phrase. This is all a macho kind of thing. It's a game at Christmas. Yeah, a lot of that is. Hey, my look here. Take a good look. My gun's bigger than your gun. It it does get into that. Yeah, sometimes. and it's not the gun we're talking about. Sometimes. <laughs> okay. The gun represents some things sometimes. All right, and you know this is not. This is not an anti-gun. Screed. No, here. I'm not saying no, no, I'm not saying that at all. You know, and I again, still think more guns belong in school. That's all we're saying. If and if there are going to be, they need to be in the are in in the hands of people who yes. are who are trained, 
not just a 24-hour training to go out in the shooting range. It's been their job for a while. But who, who know how to use it, who can respond in circumstances and in situations. Man, okay. But you know what? That's what the Frio Stack auction service line is for. For people to irritate me. No, I'm only kidding. 304-214-1600. 304-214-1600. Thanks to our good friends, Frio and Stack. I guess it's storming outside, Howard. We take yeah, this what next is, break. I, just, I, didn't, I, I saw that note, but I didn't, didn't read it. What does it say there? It says it's bad outside. It must be raining. Maybe really? a little hail. But, yeah, we'll take a break. and uh, well, we, better we, check, we better check on that. Are you concerned about losing your home or automobile if you file for bankruptcy protection? Find out if you would lose any property by calling Tom McIntyre at 304-232-8600 or have a free chat conference with his office online at McIntyreLaw.com. Tom has helped thousands of people in our area. He can answer these questions for you. Call 304-232-8600 or check him out online and have a free chat conference. Hello, Ohio Valley. This is Kate Delaney inviting you to join me overnight here on The Watchdog. Whether it's talking to big names in entertainment or sports, discussing the latest political news, or just chatting about life, I'll be here to keep you company on The Watchdog, WVLY AM 1370, FM 97.7, or online at watchdognetwork.com. 11% off everything is happening now at Menards. Mastercraft makes great doors inside and out. Choose from the best in-stock selection of doors. Ready to take home today or design your door your way in-store or on Menards.com. Get a ready-to-paint three-panel interior door system for just $129.99 after 11% off. Good to March 3rd savings or mail-in rebate in the form of an in-store merchandise credit check. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Judge Ron Wilson was born and raised his family here in West Virginia. He is the most experienced judge in our mountain state. During his years serving the citizens of Hancock, Brook, and Ohio counties, Judge Wilson was selected to sit on the Supreme Court, was voted Judge of the Year, and was selected in 2023 for judicial excellence. Let's keep Judge Ron Wilson. I'm Judge Ron Wilson, and I respectfully ask for your vote. Paid for by the committee to keep Ron Wilson judge. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Once in your life you find her Someone who turns your heart around And next thing you know you're closing down the town 18 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 59 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 56 at the Highlands. 50 in Elm Grove. And 56 here at the Watchdog Radio Network studio. Bob Slider went out and took a look outside to check on the rain. And indeed, it is raining. Raining pretty hard outside. So be aware of that. Apparently, a couple of folks are reporting that uh, some significant thunder. I noticed that my phone, which always tells me if this happens, I got a lightning has been detected within 15 minutes of your area. So... I guess there is some thunder and lightning out there as well, and it's raining outside right now. I believe, however, uh, Bob, watching all the rain come down, uh, you know you know what happens to sometimes when you just watch the rain coming down? You know, I think Bob had to make a quick uh, 
run to the room in the back, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, 17 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Listen, I've been meaning to mention this the last couple of days, and I, I, it's, this is coming up tomorrow night. We have talked before about um, the old Wheeling Inn Hotel being torn down, and there's going to be a Heritage Center, um, Visitor Center of some kind built there. There was a big community-wise survey done. We talked about on this show with Frank O'Brien. Uh, you could go online and fill out the survey. Over 4,000 people responded to that survey on what they call the Wheeling Gateway Project. That's where the Wheeling Inn is and what, what might go in there. And uh, tomorrow night, they're going to be doing a presentation of the ideas that have been presented. Uh, so let me see. This is tomorrow night. Uh, Tipping Point, the developer for the project, will present a a look at the themes that seem to be recurrent from all of the people who are voting or answering the online uh, online uh, questionnaire. Um, I did that, and I, we talked about it on the air, as I said, so hopefully you did. Let me see. When, where is this going to be? Capitol Theater. Capitol Theater tomorrow night, 5.30 until 7.30, uh, and they'll be providing information about what you all have said, what the community has said, on this idea for the Wheeling Gateway Project. You know, we've talked again on the show, you know, do we want to make it a historic, maybe a little museum in there? Should they uh, farm it out to private enterprise, put a hotel or a restaurant there? I think the most critical part of this Gateway Project now, especially with it looks like the suspension bridge is not going to be open for the public, uh, for transport for uh, vehicle transportation, I think the most critical part of it's going to be to showcase the suspension bridge. Whatever they do, they've got to find a way for that heritage center right there on the old Wheeling Inn property to showcase the suspension bridge visually. Let people have a great view of the bridge, and I think probably have access to the bridge. Maybe you can walk from the Gateway Center to the bridge. I can see. Uh, tours going around the bridge, you know, a couple times a day, groups of people walking across the bridge with somebody giving a history of the bridge and so on. But tomorrow night, and this is not, now listen to me carefully, this is not the final idea. They're going to show what the survey that was done suggested uh, and what the what the kind of the recurring themes were, the things that people thought about. I tell you what I think would really help, and I don't have any ideas for it. If you had something, some kind of business on the other end, on the island side, where That's it would point. encourage people to to walk over. You know, you know, if yeah. the, if yeah. the casino was right there by the bridge, more people would walk across the bridge to go to the casino. Something, obviously, it'd have to be smaller. But something maybe really nice on that side of the bridge. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, something to to motivate you not just to get on the bridge, but to actually walk across. Walk it. across yeah. the bridge. That's that's actually not a, that's actually a pretty good idea. So tomorrow night it's at five thirty until seven thirty at the Capitol Theater. Um, I'm gathering. I should have asked Frank to come on and talk about this. I'm going to assume this is a come in, see the presentation. You don't have to stay the whole time, but it's tomorrow night, five thirty until seven thirty at the Capitol Theater. The results of the Gateway Project survey that was taken, uh, 4,000 people responded. Frank O'Brien says it is um, the uh, most extensive community engagement campaign in recent history. That a boy, Frank. So 4,000 people offering their opinions. You get a nice, good cross-section there. So be aware of, of that. Bob Westfall up in a minute or two. We'll see what's happening at the Big 7. But first this. No? What are we doing? I thought we had, we, we, uh, we don't have another break. We got that one out of the way. The break is done? <laughs> you all right? Oh, I thought we were going for a break. <laughs> ah.
My mind just didn't. We don't need no stinking break, Howard. We don't need no stinking break, no stinking break. You know what we do need to do is remind people about the Frio Stack auction, though. Yes, we do. Uh, It is underway right now. It's an online auction only. And the bidding is underway. It will the bidding will close on Monday, beginning at ten o'clock. And as Bob often says, it works. The the first lot will close at ten, and then it rolls down as the day goes on. And lots will close throughout the day. Um, but if you're interested in it, go to FrioAndStack.com. Look up uh, the auction for f- this. This underway right now, and you can see all the things that are available uh, for the auction, and then you can bid if you want to. Yeah, typical Frio Stack auction, a little bit for everyone, coins, collectibles, uh, really nice furniture. I don't know if we uh, keyed on the uh, furniture uh, yet, Howard, but uh, just a lot of raw, uh, cool, neat stuff. And the easiest way is to go to FrioAndStack.com and check it all out. Don't know whose estate this is, but must have been a smoker. They got a smoking stand, a pipe stand with ashtray. Uh, a couple of other smoking items there as well. So that's it. Um, history of Freemasonry. There, you know, we have a lot of Masons still in this Lots. Ohio Valley. I mean, pe- people, it's it, more than I realized until recently when we're talking to folks. Um, history of Freemasonry book available. And uh, Bob's talked every time we've talked about this, about the um, city directory. So you get a chance to look and see what was going on. What is the year, 68? Yeah, yeah and think about that. How, how many of those do you think are out there? Go Go find another one of those somewhere. I'd like to know how many of the businesses listed in the city directory Long in 1968 gone. are gone. Yeah. Now there are some they're still going to be around. Sure. They're they're, you know, but uh, some of the probably key ones 1968 you still had the major downtown businesses around. You still had Posens and you still had uh, LS Goods and you still had Stone and Thomas and so on. Well, think about this. How about the businesses still in business that still use that same number? You could call them and, and they would say, "Hey, yeah, we'll we'll be right there." I'm trying to think. I have used my same phone number, personal phone number, for, I can't remember. It's not the number I had when I lived in my parents' house, but I believe since Nancy and I have been married 46 years, 47 years. Get it right, Howard. Yeah, anyway. We were married in 1977. Do the math. I know I know what year I was married in. Um, I think we've had the same phone number since since we got married that's why i can't give mine up that that landline number that i have was my grandparents landline i just i just can't give it up when i got my very first uh cell phone which is the old big brick phone the one that looked like a walkie-talkie you carried it with you had to almost have a you know backpack to carry it with you um it was early enough in the cell phone era that you could pick your number so my cell phone and people get confused no no that's your home my cell phone is the same four final four digits as my home phone number. Try that today. You you can't do that. You can't. They don't let you pick a phone number now. They just tell you your number is. And, and a lot of times, don't you get like somebody else's that they had that number at, at the beginning, and now people are calling you looking for Jim. And oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, it's yeah, our, my number now. I think I think I read somewhere they they kind of don't retire it. They they let it sit dormant for a period of time. I don't know if it's six months or a year or whatever. But yeah, the the numbers get recycled. But I've been lucky enough. So uh, Nancy and I have had the same phone number since we got married. Uh, and my cell phone number is essentially the same number as well. So if nothing else, it's easy for me to remember. Uh, 951, 9 before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. So before we wrap up the Frio and Stack thing, a reminder, go to FrioAndStack.com. 
Uh, look up all the items that are available and see if there's something you want. You can click bid. It is an online auction only. The bidding will continue throughout this week, throughout the weekend, and it begins to close Monday morning at 10 o'clock. Again, the first lot will close at 10, and then I don't know how long it takes, but another one will close takes at 10, a while. 30, 11, whatever. Uh, and then you'll be able to pick up things on Thursday. Uh, if you uh, got some of the items, you can pick them up at 9 Hazlet Court. That's where it will be. So that is the Frio Stack auction promotion for you here this morning. Is that Bob Westfall? It is Bob. Bob is here. Bob Westfall from the Big 7, WTRF-TV. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Howard. How are things in your world? I'm told it's raining pretty hard outside. That's what I'm hearing. It's raining really hard. Yeah, that's what several people have said, that uh, thunder and lightning and... Um, pouring down rain we took a look out the window it's uh, well we don't have a window we walked to a window and took a look outside bob says it's coming down pretty hard out there but i guess that's what the prediction was we were looking for showers and thunderstorms throughout the day and so that's so right. we've got them but uh and it's gonna be that's warm today but people yep. um, yeah uh, and i could stay inside while i send people out into the weather so <laughs> that a boy and the, you're the man who tells them you go out there Bob, it's raining, right? Yeah, we got to, the news must go on. You go do that. I'm going yep. to sit here at my desk. I, I believe me, yep. I was in that position. I know, I know what it's like. You send them I, all out. I feel incredibly bad. So, where have you sent them to today? Well, let's see. DK is working on a story uh, dealing with uh, canines and drug sniffing dogs in the state of Ohio. Okay. Um, they're going to have to retire them because marijuana is now legal. Oh, that's interesting. They are no longer, you know, needed in Ohio. Oh my! Obviously, the dogs, the dogs here in West Virginia will stick around, but uh, yeah. Um, so there's a whole process that has to go through, uh, retire the dogs and uh, things like that. Uh, so DK is going to talk to law enforcement about what that means. And Pic- how picture those poor it. dogs. The rest of their life, they're out going of work. To, well, you know, they're going around sniffing. Woo, 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 woo. Here it is, here it is, here it is. And nobody, don't you guys see? I'm telling you. And it's like, why don't you pay attention? I never thought about that. Those poor dogs are out of work. That's a great, that's a, that should be a fun story. Yeah, so, well, unless you're the unemployed dog. Well, yes, really I mean, yes that's, there, that's, that's true, you're right. Well, they can move yeah. to West Virginia, like you said, Bob. There you go. Yeah, so, anyway, yeah, that's an uh, uh, interesting story, so we're going to check that one out. Uh couple other things we're working on. Uh, domestic violence awareness. Uh, February 27th is Domestic Violence Awareness Day down state legislature. Okay. We are going to talk to YWCA about their programs, uh, what they have to help people to find themselves in that situation. What do you do if you find yourself in that situation um, and where can you get help? So we're going to do something with the YWCA today. They're always fantastic with this. I, I just love uh, uh, getting uh, working with them. So that's a cool thing. Uh, other story we're working on is there is a House bill going through the West Virginia Gaming and Research Act. Uh, talk to Sheila Moran on that. Uh, what it does is it uh, anonymously uh, gambling facilities like casinos, uh, gambling apps, uh, they will uh, produce a survey uh, of what people are doing gambling-wise. Uh, across the state of West Virginia, and they will present a uh, a survey, a study, uh, which will be uh, put together by WVU, um, and that will help uh, allow people figure out uh, where issues are 
within the gambling community, things like that. So that's kind of curious. Um, so we're going to see what uh, that's all about. Um, and we've got an abuse case out of Jefferson County, an animal abuse case, uh, about 15, 16 dogs taken out. And we're going to have an update on that today as well. Uh, like you said, it is raining, uh, literally. Uh, it's pouring outside. Uh, so we'll be following that all day. And uh, sports, the what? Getting ready for baseball, spring training. So The season's coming, the season's going, and baseball season's coming yeah. up, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that's what we got today, man. People can check it out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5.30 for the region-wide show, always at WTRF.com, where you find all the news all throughout the day. And some fun stuff there as well. I always get a kick out of some of the stories that show up on WTRF.com. And, of course, carry Channel 7 in your pocket uh, with the Storm Tracker 7 app and the news app on your smartphone or tablet. Mark it for push notifications so when something happens, you will be among the first to know. Bob might be the like first to know. Rain. Yeah, Bob might be the first to know, but you'll be among the first to know. So check right. that out. All right, Bob, appreciate it. Let's see, tomorrow is Wednesday, right? So tomorrow I don't yeah. talk to you, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. All right, guys. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. All right. See you, Bob. Th- thanks a lot. Bob Westfall from the Big 7 uh, here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's four before the hour. I was looking to see what Hoppy's got coming up today, but I can't find uh, can't find my email, my morning email from Hoppy, so I don't know what he's going to be doing today. I was going to try and tell you that while we have a minute or two. Um, and I uh, Thursday of this week, you know who Johnny Hot is? He's a boxing guy, right? MMA uh, guy from around here. Uh, I, I He's... Well liked by everybody I have known. He's a um, teaches MMA, and but I also he has um, uh, he's the guy that when they were going to do a drag show up at Primanti Brothers, and some of the nutbags were going to come out and protest it and drive them out and so on. Johnny Hot said, "My team and I will go up and protect those folks. We'll see if anybody's going to cause trouble." Johnny is now running for the House of Delegates seat here in Ohio County. The seat currently used to be held by Erica Storch, now being held by Diana Wisenreed. And um, uh, he, he, he filed for it after the fact. The uh, county Democratic Party put him in the position. So he's going to be with us on Thursday morning. Um, I, I hope he understands we're going to talk about politics. He's not going to try and teach me MMA moves or something, but... Um, you want to spar with him a little bit? How I, don't, I don't think so. That would not be my would be not be my my hope. But actually, it should be interesting. I've heard a lot of people since the newspaper ran a story about it, asking about him and asking about his um, his run for office. So it'll be interesting to see how that. Uh, and he's running as a Democrat. Ah, he's a Democrat um, running against Diane Resenreid, who again she was appointed by the Republican Party to fill out the seat of Erica Storch when Erica. Uh, step down. So should be kind of interesting. Um, Johnny will be with us on Thursday morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. And let's see, uh, Clay Marsh from WVU. I do know. Clay Marsh is coming in with uh, Hoppy Kirchival. Josh Schward, we talked to him today from the FLCIO. He's going to be on with Hoppy Kirchival. And Brad will be in to talk about all of the uh, various and sundry things happening at the legislature um, as well. So that's coming up on Statewide Talk Line. It begins at 10.06. But for now, I have to say sayonara. See you. Bye-bye. Farewell. i got to go. i got to get out of here. I hope I have an umbrella someplace. Um, uh, but uh, tomorrow morning, Slider and I back again, 7 o'clock. I trust you're coming back with me tomorrow. I'll be here, Howard. 7 o'clock. Another go around this big gig right here.